0: The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, number seventy eight, for November thirteenth, two thousand six.
1: Greetings, folks. Hey, we're here. Finally, I'm Dave, and you're John. Take six. Was that take six to get that just to get the (laughs) intro right? Yeah, Well, sometimes it happens. Yeah, we're working on the blooper reel. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Yeah, we got to fill up the blooper reel. Uh, But now we're rolling. So uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for uh, downloading and subscribing and all of that good stuff. Last, uh, Last week we talked about the 32 versus 64 bit thing. And we had a question totally unrelated to all of that. Uh, it will probably follow up with that 32 bit thing in a week or two as, uh, as the comments roll in. There are a couple of things that, uh, that you folks have said, but I want to, I want to let that
0: gel in the, yeah, means, but it seemed to make sense to most people, which is good. I, I hope so. so I yeah, think, that's I think right. We got a good middle ground.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. If you, if you didn't catch that one, go back and, and, and catch it. If, if, if it's at all of interest to you, because, uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully you learn something but we uh we did have a question that we didn't really know the answer to and and so we threw it out as the geek challenge and uh and there have been a, a sea of uh, emails and audio comments and everything it's been hard to pick which ones to to address here and then we didn't even realize it but apparently we issued a second geek challenge um about the uh the whole VPN issue and then we've got some stuff that we've kinda had on the back burner for a while, some questions that, that require longer discussions and uh so we may go through one or more of those um as we uh, as we get going here. So that's uh that's the show for tonight. Uh on this rainy Monday evening in uh, in New England here. I'm assuming it's raining where you are too, right, John?
0: Yeah. No flooding though. No flood no, no flooding you're, here. You're that's above
1: right. Water. I I yeah, we are above water too. Yeah. I hear actually but out sh- out west in uh I think with Seattle or somewhere in the Pacific Northwest there's a lot of a lot of flooding because the
0: Oh, Oregon,
1: yeah. that's yeah, right Oregon, that's right. Yeah, it snowed and then rained and melted and there you go.
0: So, yeah, so let's review what what exactly are we gonna, we're going to talk about Zoe's thing. First. We're
1: going to talk about Zoe's thing. Yeah. Th- what this was was we had a listener uh, send in a, a question that is something that I knew I wanted but had never never really put into words when you create your download folder uh, and you start populating things uh, you're populating it with things from downloaded from your web browser oftentimes the create and modification date are inherited from where the file came from and when it was created or modified there and the problem with that is once you've got you know critical mass in your downloads folder it's sometimes tough to know where's that thing I just downloaded or the thing I downloaded yesterday or two days ago and uh and so this was this was the the question i didn't have an answer for it i'd kind of looked uh john suggested that we just clean our downloads folders more often which you know thanks <laughs> yeah that wasn't very helpful yeah that was real nice thanks but
0: no it, it was frustrating because uh what i do which i think most people do is i have date modified mm-hmm. as my sorter of my downloads and sometimes that works but as you pointed out sometimes it doesn't sometimes and you get the doesn't. date yeah. way way in the past or way way in the future and it just it doesn't make sense. So just it, it doesn't to make cover sense. that's right. What the problem is and one that's been bugging me and bugging you and yep. bugging Zoe.
1: And uh and so we had we had quite a few quite a few emails come in uh and and I, I want to play a couple of audio comments here. Um and I'm not sure which order to start, so I'm just gonna go ahead and start. Actually I'll start with the one that made me uh that made me laugh. Hey guys,
2: this is Scott from CL Systems.
1: I'm gonna start this again. I want to make sure you listen to to the first thing he says because this is one of the funniest things I've ever heard in an audio comment. So, uh, so make sure you uh, you listen carefully here. Oop, not that one. We'll uh, we'll go with back with this one. Hey
2: guys, this is Scott from SealSystems.net. I heard your problem last week. I'm actually listening live to the podcast right now, so I'll I'll turn the radio down so we don't get feedback. But uh, last week you had a uh, problem with the upload folder, and it doesn't sort by when it was added to the folder. Uh, I set this up a couple different ways for clients. Uh, First is create a script or a folder action that touches the file as the file is added to that folder. That way the date modified date will be the date the file is added to the folder, and then you can sort however. The other way is create an Apple script that as files are added to the folder, it creates or copies to the subfolder as needed, which is the year, month, and date. And That way you can go to today's folder and see what was downloaded that day. I hope that helps. Here's my email address.
1: All right, we'll uh, we'll let that go. So, th- thank you, yes, for turning down your radio so that we wouldn't get feedback from a podcast. That is just priceless.
0: Um, it, 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 but th- th- why do you say that?
1: Why, why do I say that?
0: Because we're talking now, and he was talking then. Now. That's
1: right. We didn't. <laughs> oh, you, you with me now, John? <laughs> <a little> <laughs> I know. Yeah.
0: Uh, Relativity.
1: So. Uh, uh, John, not not you, of course, but our our listener John, one of them anyway, uh, also su- suggested the same thing and and went through and made a folder action with Automator that uh, that does exactly what what Scott mentioned for the first thing. And he said what you want to do is make an Automator action that executes a single shell command, and then the command is touch space dollar sign star. And then save that as a folder action and attach it to the download folder. The one trick is that you need to first set the shell, of course, which bin bash is fine. On the pass input uh, stream or uh, pull down, you need to select as arguments, and then it works great. Uh, and And we'll do exactly this. And by touching it, it affects the modification date. So as soon as the file's added to that folder, bam, the modification date's changed. And so you should be able to sort by uh, by things at the top. So very very handy uh, mm-hmm. idea there. The the second idea that he mentioned was having a, having a script that creates multiple subfolders. There's actually something called Folder Org that many many listeners uh, wrote in about, uh, and thanks thanks to all of you. And thanks to all of you that wrote in that that have not uh, that that didn't get played on the show. There's, like I said, there's just it was we were deluge. So please keep them coming. This is all good stuff. But uh, Folder Org, I believe, is it, and we'll put a, a link in the show notes to that too. And and it does exactly what what uh, what Scott mentioned. It's a it's an script folder action that organizes folders, files in folders by dates. It moves things into subfolders as to depending on when they were created. So so those are those are two uh, those are two little ideas. I I think the slickest one, though, uh, at least in terms of ease of use, uh, was sent in by many of you, and and I'll let Brian uh, take it away.
3: Hey, John and Dave, this is Brian from now Boise, Idaho, Um, calling in reply to the cleaning up your downloads folder thing. Uh, There's an app, it's not free, so I'm not sure if this qualifies for a book or anything, Uh, but for, I think it's $16, an application called hazel from noodlesoft.com, and it uses something other than just the files uh, metadata. It somehow knows when a file's been added, um, and you can do all sorts of actions based on that. example I use for my downloads is when a new file comes in, I color it blue. Um, After four hours, I clear that color. After three days, I color it red. And then after four days, I move it to the trash and it just takes care of all this for me. Uh it's really great. Uh so if you want to check that out and uh if the other listener wants to give that a try, it, it can do a lot more than just that. But uh that's how I'm using it and it's super. Thanks. Bye.
1: Thanks Brian. So, that's uh that's yet another option. I think we had a a, a fourth. Did did we not, John? Um oh, yeah, uh, Jerry wrote in and said that he suggested using uh spotlight comments and have an apple script go ahead and populate the spotlight comments and then and then create a smart folder that looks at the spotlight comments uh for you know a, a date or something like that and uh and you can make that a folder action and and you're good to go so that's uh that's yet yet another solution there and uh i think Josh also recommended using speed download from yazsoft hmm. again a, a commercial package but Presumably, I think it—you know—it sort of manages your downloads for you. I've not used it. Have you ever used Speed Download, John? Uh on and off. Okay, okay. Appar- apparently, it's got a way of organizing your downloads by uh, by date received, which is exactly what we're looking for
0: here. So, yeah, I think they do a multi-socket kind of. They try to. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, accelerate I, your downloads. Some servers like it, some don't. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um I, I guess I, while it's managing the file and putting it together, my guess would be that because it's probably downloading the file to multiple streams, you don't have the whole file at once, so... Okay, okay. My guess would be that once it is, that it has to do an assembly step, so I, I would guess that's why the date probably oh, I is think it, the real date, from what not I, the date.
1: From what I understood from Josh, it was actually a, a preference option in speed download that let you hmm. do that, oh, too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, oh, that's nice. Yeah, which is, yeah, even better. That's right, so... Uh so that was our our first impromptu geek challenge and boy did it uh, did it work out well I'd like to keep that going. So as we come across things that would benefit from all of us contributing uh we'll we'll throw those out there. In addition to that though, if you come across something in the show and you say no 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 it can be done better guys, go ahead and tell us and we we've got uh we we're asked about an easy VPN solution we talked about using uh, some software or, or our suggestion was go to some hardware and, and there's a way of doing that. And we talked about that in in Show Or the routing
0: tables or the yep. port forwarding tables or yep. running an Apple script. Uh, yeah. Those, those will work, but
1: hey, there's one way there's one better. And we got a couple of comments on this. I'm going to play two of them back to back here just to, uh, to help illustrate the point of this one particular app, because I didn't get it after hearing either one of these, but putting them together, I, I, I wrapped my head around it so here we go we'll start with with michael because i think he was the first to send it in he did it as he was editing the show and turning it into the uh, enhanced aac for all of you
4: hey guys it's michael i'm just sitting here editing the podcast and i'm at the part where chad is calling in to find a vpn for his apple remote desktop sessions for his parents and uh my solution for this, it's the simplest solution in my mind, is to use uh, an application called Hamachi. And Hamachi is a zero-configuration virtual private networking application. The way it works is uh, you just download the client to your computer, log in, and uh, the website takes care of all the, the crazy connections and everything right over the Internet. When you're connected, it bows out and you are directly connected as if you were on the same network. It works really great. Uh, there's windows client at hamachi.cc and uh, also there's Hamachi X and it's it's at a .Mac page, so just Google search Hamachi X, one word, and uh, that will get you the OS 10 client that will work great for this uh, this problem. So, Hamachi X later.
5: Hey Dave and John, this is Thud from the RunYourOwnServer.org podcast. In your last episode, number 77, you had somebody that had asked about a VPN solution in order to do remote administration of family members' machines. What I would suggest looking at is Hamachi, and specifically Hamachi X. Hamachi is just a free software package that lets you set up a private network that works through firewalls. Hamachi X is just a nice OS 10 interface into that to make it real easy to set up. So all you would have to do is install Hamachi X on your machine, create a network with a password so that only people that have the password can connect to it, then have your family member install the same software and join the same network. And then for all intents and purposes, as far as the machines are concerned, they're sitting right next to each other on the same network. One of the things I like about this is that you can just turn it on and off as you need it, so you have a lot more security that way. And I'd also like to say from somebody who's new to Max, thanks for the podcast and keep up the good work.
1: Hey, thanks for uh, for the comments, both of you, and uh, hopefully that makes it clear. Hamachi is available from HamachiX.com, and like like uh, like Thud said in, in that in that last comment, You've got to once you get Hamachi in place then you need to use VNC or Apple Remote Desktop or something. Hamachi doesn't do the remote control. Hamachi does the network bridge if you will or or in more technical terms the VPN uh that will get you there. Is that uh okay. did I get that right, John?
0: Um from what I can tell here so everybody I think has to be running the Hamachi uh, program on their right. respective machine. That's right. And it somehow does uh it's magic. It I haven't actually it run it. Magic. Have you?
1: No. I, I've used I've used something that I believe uses part of Hamachi or Hamachi uses part of it, a thing called Log Me In. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it's only available on, on Windows machines. But, again, if I'm wrong, tell me. But I, you can connect over the web with a Mac. And that actually is exactly this. You run a little demon on the uh, on the machine that you want to connect to so the the client's machine as it were and uh, you know or your mom's machine and then you go to a web page and log into her machine from there and uh and and you can see the desktop and it actually works great in Firefox or Safari and you can control things but i believe that the 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 computer that you're controlling has to be a windows machine i don't believe that there's a mac um that there's a Mac client for that yet. And I, I believe Log Me in uses Hamachi to, to kind of bridge that gap too.
0: But uh but again Yeah, somehow because I'm on the Hamachi page right now and yep. it says log me in. So okay. it's the same company or group that got it make multiple
1: goodies. Got it. Well it'd be it'd be great if somebody uh came up with that for the Mac. That would
0: uh, Yeah so this is great so you don't have to futz with the router at all. Right. Or upload the update right. the firmware. Though a lot of us just love we to love do that. that.
1: That's right. We
0: love that. I haven't done that yet with with my. I should with my Linux. I know you sent me the uh, yeah. notes on how to deal with the version five or six uh, where they have uh, relatively less resources to do the uh, yeah. Oh, well, open source thing though. Actually, an update to that is I did find they have a couple of different models. So I think you pointed out the GS. Yes. Supposedly they have one called an L, which stands for Linux, and it does have the Linux on it. Oh, uh, really? And so I put Lin- it in last week's show notes. So okay. apparently. Because if if you search their website and I did a link to it, yep. they have a little uh, you know symbol on the page that seems to and and I've read this here and there that there's an L version. Oh. So I think if you poke around, I guess to meet the needs, so they didn't want to totally upset the uh, open source crowd. Right, right. So they did reduce. I think more importantly, the flash memory, yeah. which is where the firmware usually is stored, and if there's not enough, I guess they were cutting costs, like yeah, you know, okay. Everybody likes to do well but it was just too small because i guess the linux ones or the open source ones offered many more features
1: many more features but required more ram to to do it yeah that okay yeah you're right the gl and
0: the ram too i guess yeah. I, I would imagine it's both but i think physically the flash is what holds the right. firmware so if you don't right. have enough i guess to handle both the old stuff and the new stuff yep or a little bootstrap loader
1: yep huh yeah. Yeah, very cool. So the WRT five four
0: GL is the uh, or just an L, I think. Are, are no, it's G. It's,
1: well, maybe there. No, it's a, a WRT five four GL is what I'm finding at Amazon, and it's sixty sixty seven bucks. So, and you can get a rebate, and so it's uh, fifty seven bucks. So there you go, fifty four GL. Yeah, looks to be the same thing. It just has more RAM. Uh, very cool. Nice, uh, nice find there. 206-666-geek is the number that uh, everyone has called, or at least the folks that haven't just recorded comments and sent them in uh, or Skype. What's the, right? what's the number? Ah, good point. 206-666-4335. Thank you. You bet. Uh, all right, well let's get on to some new stuff here. We have a couple of we have one interesting question that uh, that I kind of wanted to to talk through and uh, so we'll take it away, Brett.
6: Hi guys. Brett here from Illinois. Uh, love your show. Uh, I'm a recent switcher, and I have a 1.83 gigahertz dual core or a core duo uh, Mac Mini. My problem is that I used to use Outlook Express on Windows, and I've successfully imported my contacts into address Book. But the problem I have is when I try to view or sort my contacts by first name, for some reason they keep getting sorted by the email address. For an example, a friend of mine, his email address starts off with the number one and his first name starts off with the letter D but yes he shows up as the very first contact when it's sorted so I was wondering if you guys had any ideas on that uh my email address
1: all right this is uh this is very interesting i went into address book as i'm sure you did john and uh and started looking here and if you go into the address book preferences on the general tab you'll see there's two things one is the display order where you can have it display first name then last name mm-hmm. And then there, there's the second sort by, where or you by. can choose yeah. sort by last name or first name. Mm-hmm. There's no email address option there in uh, in first name or in the in either of those. So I'm thinking one of two things has happened: either the data is not as Brett thinks, or some cache along the line somewhere has gotten corrupted. Um, the The first thing I would do is go to any record and click edit. As soon as you do that, the first thing that's highlighted is the first name of that contact. It's all the way up at the top next to the picture or the dummy picture if there's no picture there. Um, if if the email address is up there, then all of your email addresses got funneled into the first name field. And, of course, that's that. Uh, the only way to do it would be to, well, I guess you could export them out and then re-import, adjusting the, the field mapping and, and hopefully get them in, right? Uh, yeah, right. The the other thing is if it if in fact that's not it try cleaning your system caches and use something like Onyx or Cocktail to go through and clean out all that stuff and then reboot the machine. Sometimes a cache can have all the wrong data, and especially after an import, I've found uh, you know if you're populating a lot of data perhaps in a, a non traditional way, the cache doesn't get updated right, and things kind of get all screwy. I've never seen exactly this
0: problem with with the address book, but. That could be it, too. Yeah. The one thing I, you may also want to try is um, I do see that the address book does do a .max sync. You may want to... uh mm. may have a... Well, you kind of pointed this out. I don't think you, you mentioned .max specifically, but no, you may want it. to do... Yep. I think we've done this in the past, is clear out your... Uh, you know, there may be some cruft in your uh, uh sync file. Yep. So you could reset that. Yep. As long as, uh, you know, make sure you have your data in multiple places.
1: Yeah, yeah. if you go to, I think, Address Book's file menu allows you to back up Addressbook, and I would make at least one backup and store it out of the way somewhere so that you're not uh, left without because some data or data in a slightly wrong format is certainly better than, than nothing else. So curious to see how that works out for you, Brett. Tim has a, another interesting question that we're going to move right along to here. Uh, as soon as I can get... You know, John said at the beginning, we started this show about six different times, and every one of those, t- well, five of those six times were screwed up by me. So uh, that's uh, that's why Tim's comment's taking so long to come in here. But here he is. Hi,
6: guys. Uh, this is Tim from Cincinnati. I had a question regarding the uh, system clock in uh, Mac uh, OS Tiger. I know there's a way to checkbox uh, checkbox that you can check to have it automatically, uh, the, the clock sync to a, uh, like a time server. What I was wanting to know is how does the operating system uh, know when to sync with the time server? Is it once a day, once an hour, uh, is there a Unix file that will allow you to have it sync more often so that, it, so that the system time is more accurate? Um, Just wanted to get your feedback.
0: Thanks. Bye.
1: You ever done anything with this one, John?
0: Um, I was looking over what you had communicated. I hadn't in a while, I believe, the the time actually, is it NTPD? It's actually the uh, underlying UNIX process that does that, I guess, NTP being Network Time Protocol. Bingo. That's right. Yep. And, and D NTP N T P D is Damon, is, is the demon.
1: Right. And when you go into the date and time system preference and the date and time pane or uh tab, I guess they call it, mm. and click mm-hmm. that set date and time automatically button, that turns on the NTP demon NTPD for uh for anyone looking at the command line. And what that does is it, it does a couple things. First, it syncs up to whatever time server you've told it to and in my experience, time.apple.com is uh, works great. We actually use that not only for our own machines because that's the default, but it's what TMO's servers use to sync up. Because we figured since that's what most Macs are going to use, we'll all be in perfect sync with each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, and time.apple.com works great. However, uh, it also uses your Mac's clock may not work great. And so what NTPD does, and co- please correct me if I've if I've gotten this wrong. Uh, either John or or anyone else out there. Mm. It checks in when you first start it up. It checks in, I believe, once every 15 minutes with the clock server and, and then slows that down based on how far off everything is and creates what's called the ntp.drift file. And that file contains the offset the amount of time your clock loses or gains over X number of seconds, minutes, whatever, so that the clock can automatically adjust itself as it, uh, as it kind of moves through time as it were, and then checks in with the clock with the time server periodically to, to sync things up. And this just works great. However, sometimes it doesn't work great recently. And this may have changed in 1048 I noticed with both my MacBook Pro here uh, down in the office and with the iMac over at the house, I was logged into the server doing something and waiting for an update to happen that was going to happen at, you know, five after the hour or something. And it didn't happen. And I was like, what's going on? And then I looked and the server's time was different from my Mac's time. I thought, oh, nuts, we got something going on with the server. No, it was my Mac. By unchecking that box, because you need if you want to do anything manually from the command line, you with the time you have to not have NTPD running. So I uncheck that box in date and time, and that shuts down NTPD. And then from the command line, I run sudo sudo space NTP date. And that will manually go out and sync the time with the Apple server. And as soon as I did that, everything was in sync and we were good to go. So something happened on both of my machines recently in the last couple of weeks where NTPD was not keeping it in sync like it should have. So uh, to answer Tim's question, you could do one of two things. You could shut down NTPD, run uh, sudo ntpdate. and fire it back up and hope that perhaps that'll, you know, kick it back into gear and get in sync. I won't know for another week or two with mine if, if that's in, in fact the case. Or you could shut it down entirely and then run a cron job uh, and have it uh, have it automatically, you know, tell it, go ahead and sync it every five minutes or every 15 minutes. You know, star slash 15 is the first uh, field of your cron, and then stars for the rest of them, obviously, and then the last being sudo or NTB date and maybe run the cron as root. And that would do it. Um, I, other than that, I don't. Uh, I don't really have a have an answer. Do you have any, any thoughts on that, John?
0: Yes. All right, go. <laughs> well, first, uh, what you read uh, or what you were saying. Yes, if, if you do a uh, a man on NPTD, you will see a whole bunch of good things there, including the DIRF file that you talk about. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's how what happens on on the Mac is working in that right. respect. Um, the only other thing I would suggest. Um Having done a bit of this in the past, and, oh, actually on Windows, what did I use? Something called Tardis. I don't believe it uh, exists on okay. OS X. I'll have to poke around, but it was an application that uh, because I tried working with the Windows Time service and it wasn't too pleasant because it at that point involved uh, at least the one built into Windows proper. Um, yep. You really had to futz around on the registry and I just hated doing that. So found an application program. So there may be some some others out for for the Mac that um, you know, take over, which I guess is what you're, uh, you know, you were talking about some of the parameters. But the other thing is NIST. Now, you know, in this case, I want to take advantage of what the man has to offer. Okay. And the man, uh, NIST, National uh, Institute of Standards and Technology. Oh, the, by the, the government.
1: The man, the government man. The government man. Government. G U B. That's right. M N T. Something like that.
0: But anyways, <laughs> they have a bunch of time servers, and I'm going to put a link into it. Um. But they maintain some some time servers that are hooked to an atomic clock in a mountain somewhere. And anyways, the other thing I would suggest, because I don't, I mean, I guess I I trust Apple, but it's nice to have another source. Yep. And the government does this, and, you know, if you're in the U.S., your tax dollars are paying for it. So So use it, gosh darn it. And if
1: you're not, spend our tax dollars for us. Everybody else does. (laughs)
0: And you would of course try to pick the one closest to you. I mean, they right. have them—Maryland, um, Colorado—they have one in New York City. So um, the, that would be the other thing, because the, the you know the the greater the distance, the greater a chance that there's going to be uh, some drift. And even though it can deal with drift, it's you know better if you can find one close to you. Right. Uh, or it, run your own, maybe.
1: I don't know. Well, you would still want to sync up with one of them atomic the
0: clocks that. Uh... That the oh, yeah, running. but have yeah. maybe your time server sync with I don't know right. why you'd want to maintain a separate one. but
1: Well, you, no, you would, you actually. You, you uh, it, It's it's very common for a server farm to maintain one mm-hmm. time server, right, so that A, all the servers are in sync without question, right, and then B, all you're right. only syncing up one machine with the atomic server, um, you know, and 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 that way, if that if that one machine loses its connection with the atomic server, well, at least all your other servers are still syncing with it, so your farm is is you know yep. in in sync with itself. So yeah, that we we actually we used to do that at uh, with with our servers there at at, uh, at Backbeat, but nowadays we uh, we just I think we sync them all separately. But maybe that maybe that should change. Anacron is an application is a GUI that lets you at least manage the cron tab for. Uh, within uh tiger and it'll even uh, work with launchd demons uh the, or the launchd demon as well uh which i know is what many people using tiger use simply because cron is, is has been or is being deprecated so there you go that's it 206666 geek or what is it john i don't know <laughs> it's 4335 all right now now we've got uh we've got michael's question not the same michael from before but uh another michael with a very interesting question i've never heard anyone ask me this about the mac and it kind of made both john and i stop and say well
5: huh
7: hello this is michael calling from grand prairie alberta i just wanted to say that i love your show and i do have a question about my mac um i was wondering does it matter does it improve your system if you reinstall Mac OS 10. What I do normally is say in a given year, two or three times in that year, I'll format my hard drive, reinstall Mac OS 10, and then put all my apps back on. Now it seems to me after I do that that everything's a bit faster and stuff like that. Now I'm wondering, do I have to do that? Is there another way? that I can speed my Mac up without having to format my hard drive. Because what happens is it gets so time-consuming now to reinstall everything. And I was just wondering if uh, uh, you could give me any information on that. Thank you, and keep up your great work. Thanks. Bye.
2: What?
0: <laughs> oh, no. The reason I say that is because I, I was just thinking so... I think I understand the motivation, but I, I suspect that uh, there may have been an outside influence here. Because I, I'll, I'll admit to you, I have a, uh, a colleague, uh-huh. Brad, who I don't think Brad listens to this. But if he does, hi, Brad. Um, yeah, if, if he does. If he far, doesn't, oh,
1: he's, his name's Brad. If not, he'll remain nameless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, he on Windows always suggests to me, um, right? You, know, you should reinstall every now and then, just to keep things running smoothly and to me it's just a matter of principle that you shouldn't have to do that i, I agree like yeah and giving i in it's throwing in the towel but the other thing is you may i don't know i just get uncomfortable wiping out the whole os directory and and tr- potentially breaking anything that maybe not a well-behaved application put in place but maybe one that is not so well behaved and puts you know, stuff in weird places or made weird links or symbolic links or... Oh, well, no, he's he's doing the whole or... nuke and
1: pave, though. He's saying format the drive, right, and reinstall all yeah. his apps. That, and that's what he's complaining about is that it takes so long to reinstall all the apps. Well, yeah. It, you you hit the nail on the head, or at least the one I was thinking about. I, I wonder, Michael may be a switcher, right? And, and because I have a lot of Windows-using friends who, you know just say every, oh well, yeah, every three to six months, I just, you know, nuke and pave, format the drive, reinstall when I need, and uh, and that way I don't have any problems. It's like, whoa, you don't need to do that. But, there's something to be said for it. Uh, you know, I have run into sludge on my Mac, and my user folder has been inherited from, I think it's probably four Macs ago, and many OSs, and there is some sludge uh. out there, but but not enough to make me do that. So, yeah, it's... I, I don't
0: it know. It just makes me nervous unless you do a full backup before you do that, just in case something... Uh, I just get real nervous of something not, not surviving the whole... Uh, well, nothing's going to survive. Of,
1: he's formatting. He's he's going, totally starting from scratch. Every time.
0: Yeah, I'm still, you know, concerned that, that things... Uh, well, I guess he's you know, going to preserve the data and stuff. Yeah, right? presumably the data is... Well, if, if it... W-
1: He's losing everything on the drive, right? When you format, that's that's
0: that. For, yeah, so For I the sake of argument. Data back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't... I, it, but it, apps, reg, I mean, especially apps that register themselves. And they're going to be reinstalled.
1: And, he's going to reinstall them. Oof. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go through that. No, and that's what he's saying. He doesn't want to have to go through it. Does he need to? Well, you know, my, my answer...
0: Yeah, my, I mean, my... what I do is run something like Disk Utility every now and then, just to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe Use, you know what? Use Drive
1: Genius. You know, when you take your Mac in to uh, to Apple Care or not to Apple Care, but to the Apple Store, and they do that once a year uh, tune-up that you can sign up for or whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of what they're doing is running Drive Genius on the machine. Mm-hmm. So uh, that you know, if if you just go and get a copy of Drive Genius and run it and let it, you know. I think they're even doing a uh, uh, the, you know, the, the whole... why can't I think of it? Wow, that just totally left me. You know, <laughs> when they defragment the drive, that's what they're doing to it. They're, they're running a are. full defragment and all that stuff. Yeah, so uh, and and certainly reformatting the drive and reinstalling everything does defragment it uh, by nature of what you're doing. So you know, maybe maybe there's maybe try that instead. still back everything up. Defragmenting always scared me.
0: But uh yes, uh, you so know. especially if it gets interrupted when yeah, at the it's wrong time doing something important. That's right. I've had that happen. Yeah, right? I've had defrag the defrags, and I don't know. I mean, with the drives, I mean, yeah, you could always get things faster. But I think, well, actually, some of the drives I've seen in some of the latest Macs uh, seem to be so. I'd actually have to check the throughputs. Yep, like forty two
1: hundred RPMs. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, but they're they're storing data sideways now. It, there's a whole yeah. new yeah, yeah. So the, the drive caches speed, and buses right. get bigger faster. So. Right. Right. Uh but to answer uh, to answer you know, Michael, Michael's question, uh, my feeling is, well, you probably don't have to do that, but it's not necessarily a bad thing to do assuming of course you back up your data and are prepared to go through the process. I don't recommend it though, except for extreme circumstances, no. like you know, you're running Windows. But otherwise, <laughs> is that you feel about the same way,
0: John? I have never done that, and I don't think I ever will. I just there you go. Oh gosh, it's advice it's just, from the experts. It's just a whole. It's too much aggravation. That I
5: don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't
1: want to be aggravated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if somebody told me I was going to see a twenty percent speed increase from doing that then i'd do it hmm. but you know what's it going to be maybe 1% i don't know I, now you know what there is there's what's that? there's
0: something actually i have to talk to these folks uh you're not allowed to <sighs> Yes, i am No, <laughs> spring, spring, spring cleaning is a yeah. uh, one application that and there's that and um you know cocktail i think there's some uh, tidying up and there's another app that you know runs some of the regular unix maintenance scripts that kind of clean some of the cruft out so yep that could be another thing just to, you know, sweep out some of the cobwebs yeah, that, that you would be concerned about.
1: Yep. Cocktail, yeah, Onyx, you... those, are the, those are the the ones I like to run. Either, either or, you typically don't have to run both, but those are the ones that run the mm-hmm. Unix maintenance scripts. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move along and, and see what Morgan has to say. Will we? No, we're we'll going to skip to Todd for now.
8: Hi there, guys. Todd from Columbia, Missouri. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) Super nervous. Heart palpitations. Anyway. Turn down your uh, radio. When, oh, when is (laughs) iTunes going to come out with a version that will able to background podcast downloads, Uh, I would be willing to... uh, Give your right arm? ...an extra day or whenever to know that the uh, podcast is there. Um in exchange for being able to download it piece by piece, little bit by little bit, uh, because I I don't have the best internet connection, although uh, they came and fixed it a little bit. It's still uh, awfully slow, because that's really all we can afford. Uh, So, any ideas on that, or maybe ways around waiting and waiting and waiting uh, for larger files to download? Uh, Your help is appreciated. Keep up the great work, is... uh, everyone uh so heartily and um deservedly tells you great bye-bye
1: (laughs) all right uh yeah itunes what todd's talking about here is some download clients and some servers support something called resumable downloads and that is exactly what you what it sounds like if you get halfway through a download and it gets cut off Then you start it up later, and instead of starting at the beginning, it starts at the point where it got cut off and just fills in the gaps. Very, very handy, especially for large files, especially if you're on a slow connection. Dial-up users, you know, are are all over this kind of thing. Are there still people using dial-up? Absolutely. We've got got people listening to the show that use dial-up, and and more power to you, because that's a massive time commitment there to download the show. So... I can see the need for this for a lot of reasons. One, it just saves bandwidth. Even if you're on a high-speed connection, there's no reason to fill up the pipes with something. If you've got 90% of a show and you know you have to quit iTunes for some reason, you come back in, it should just fill in the last 10%. I don't believe that any of the latest updates do this. Um, now, as I said, the server needs to support it too. So if you do get a client that does this, it's not just going to be automatic for everything, but chances are it'll be automatic for... For just about everything. Um most of the servers out there will support this. So the question is is there a client out there that that supports uh, resumable downloads? I'm not certain, but I seem to think that the uh, the juice which I guess was the the uh, iPod or lemon you know turned into that after they got, you know, the nasty letters from Apple. I believe that that supports resumable downloads. So, uh somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but but perhaps that's the, you know, and of course you're not using iTunes to manage it anymore. Uh you're using Juice, but Juice will feed it into iTunes and and go from there. So, if I got that wrong, please tell me. Uh if there's any if I got it right and there's other stuff out there that that supports it, let me know. Do you know of anything? John, I know you you played with a couple of other podcatchers before I uh, uh before iTunes really was the the thing.
0: Yeah, no, mostly juice and the lemon. Yep. Right. Right. All right. And all that, but just our general. Oh gosh, speed down?
1: Mm. Oh, I don't you know, know if that does that. Yeah, speed download might. Of course, you're not. That's not going to subscribe to anything, as as far as I know. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Well, hopefully someone does. But I, I believe Juice supports that. I think that was one of the things that they. Uh, that they talked about. So there you go. You want to talk about one more thing? You want to talk about, uh, Morgan's thing or, or Robert's thing, John, you pick, uh, let's see. Morgan quick, quick, Robert. All right, here we go.
2: Hey, it's Robert Hizley from the Jersey shore calling you again. Hey, um, the reason being is, is my phone company has told me I have to spend more money.
1: Yeah,
3: Uh, baby. No, not
2: really. Um, uh, the reason I'm calling is because, um, I have a wireless airport network at home that I can't get my Windows machine to connect to. I've been told it's because I have web Connect uh, Web uh, encryption on it. Um, now, I, I've also been told that if I type in uh, the password a certain way, um, that the, the Windows machine will then connect to it, but uh, I don't understand what I'm doing on this Windows machine. I don't even understand why I own a Windows machine, but (laughs) Uh, I do, unfortunately, and I can't get it to connect to my network. Um, Do you have any suggestions? Thanks.
0: John? Oh, boy. You got me by surprise. Actually, you didn't get me by surprise. I'm trying to remember... Oh... It's one of the menus, at least on the airports, and I believe on a lot of the uh, Linksys wireless routers. Yep. Where they will give you an option, you may have to dig a little bit for it to display the key in hex. And,
1: yeah, although I think it's...
0: I'm thinking of one scenario where I, I ran into this with a Windows machine, uh, whereas I would set up the password, I would set up the Apple Base Station, the password right. would be a text password. Right. And when I went to the Windows machine, at least that particular version of Windows or the wireless utility didn't allow input using text. Or if you did, it didn't get it right. But if you entered it as hexadecimal, which yep. uh, you could beat out of the uh, airport or some other third-party things. that. Yep. Uh, if you, so I believe that's one solution. If you've got
1: an airport admin utility and you go to the base station menu there is an option called equivalent network password and when you pull it up it says uh. to to connect to this airport network created by this base station from a computer not using the airport software you should use the following and it shows you the ascii equivalent of the web key and then the uh, hex equivalent as well so that's uh that's the key if however you create the password with only numbers that will uh that will that will allow you to uh to it it automatically makes it the hex key at least in uh-huh. my experience yeah yeah because I, I did that at the house here i actually created the password i, I changed it to a 40-bit web and made it a. Uh, I just typed in our phone number so that it'd be really easy when like people like you came over i could just type in you know uh-huh. tell you type in the phone number and you get online and windows and mac folks have had no problem with it whatsoever so um that that's a foolproof way of doing it. But if you want the other way, then that uh, that network password and equivalent network password thing is the uh, is the trick that I've
0: found. So, yeah, that number thing is interesting, and I think the number thing that's also of interest because if I'm not mistaken, oh gosh, no, I think I may be. Never mind. Are you uh, mistaken? Oh, no, here we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, thirty hexadecimal is a zero. 39 hexadecimal is a 9. Right. Well, that could be why numbers work because the, there's no complex translation there. That's right. Yeah. 30 hex through 39 hex is 0 through 9 in ASCII. So, yep. we'll link to an ASCII table for people that even know what that is. <laughs> uh, when's the last time you looked at an ASCII table? It's been a
1: long time, man. It's been or a long an, time. How about an EPSIDIC table? Wow. I haven't heard <laughs> that word in 20 years. <laughs> All right, uh, so we have a another geek challenge for you folks. And if somebody wants to write a little, you know, theme, uh, not music. Did you put on the but, Echo? No, should I? The Echo's pretty fun. Geek challenge number two. Uh, and Jackie delivers this one for us.
2: Hi there, uh, this is Jackie from New Jersey. I'm a new listener. I have a question about setting permissions or whatever to uh, put, password protect a file or a uh, folder. Um I'm trying to look at help and can't get anything any information on this. I was wondering if you have a quick answer. Thank you.
1: You got any thoughts on this before we uh, just let it out to the wolves there, John?
0: Uh, a couple of minor thoughts. I mean, you could use a uh, third-party um, you know, file encryption utility. I found something, okay. maybe something to look at, called JFileCrypt, which looks okay. to be a Java, uh, so, you know, it'll run on, Mac and anybody who supports java. Yep. Um and you type in a password, you run it, but it you know provides a you know, it's an application so it's not very fluid. Okay. Uh, oh, I got it. So that be nice. Um you know, and just uh there's always file vault. Setting up, I mean, file vault, well, I'm thinking more But but that's not what yeah. she's looking for. Right. Right. I don't think or you know, having a separate user where you know you can you know, you'd have to administer your system in a certain way, but if there's right. a you know, particular reason or application like you know finances or something where you want to protect your files you could create an individual user account and then yeah. the uh they'd be protected from anyone else who's not an admin because of course an admin can just change the permissions and get at your file so they're normally set to be right. inaccessible.
1: right yeah that's and, and you could also reboot you know use that drive uh, boot from another mac and attach that drive and then you're basically free to go so yeah you wouldn't Depending on how, what level of security you need, you're right. You wouldn't want to do that. So
0: Yeah, so those are just a couple of quick thoughts off the top of my head. But I don't, I think there's probably a better answer. I bet there is. That's the geek challenge for you.
1: <sighs> I think the band's ready to go. I know I'm ready to go, except I've got all kinds of things that uh, that I'm Thanks. doing. Tomorrow night, the 14th. Of oh, yeah. November, um, speaking with Corey Cooper at the Seacoast Mug. Corey actually came up here last week. Got to see the Audio Attic, which uh, of course he uh, he christened or he gave the name to, and, and he was trying to uh. smash bottles of something on the wall, but it didn't work. So. Uh, one of those so, nights, huh? He, yeah, <laughs> this was at uh, one o'clock in the afternoon, uh, mm. and then. Uh, I've got uh, some stuff coming up that if you have any questions or anything to contribute to, it would be great. Uh, I'm doing, at Macworld Expo, Windows on a Mac session. So uh, I get to be the lucky one that talks to all the switchers or potential switchers or existing Mac users that have a need uh, I believe that's at one thirty p.m. on Tuesday, January 9th. So right after the keynote, right after Apple announces something totally new with Windows on the Mac, I get to go and talk about uh, all the stuff that existed prior to that because they won't tell me just like you they know, won't tell
0: anyone else. Steve's he's going to do that just, just oh, to he get will. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have no doubt. So uh, you know that it'll be fun. It uh, well, there's
0: it, been rumors of, of virtualization. Yeah, and well, yeah. and it exists.
1: So we'll be we'll be talking about a lot of, uh, but you know, obviously not from mm-hmm. Apple. Apple doesn't have any virtualization stuff yet. So uh, yeah, yet correct. <laughs> and then of course that Wednesday night at MacWorld Expo, Mac Observer and Backbeat Media are throwing our what fourth Cirque de Mac party. It'll be at the Red Devil, Red Devil Lounge. Invitation only. The Macworld All-Star Band will be playing. We've already started putting together the set list for the, for the gig. I, actually, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, though it is invitation only, we always try to make a little bit of room for
3: you. Mm-hmm. For you. Only
1: you, though. If you're hearing I- this, it's you. So if, if you're going to be at MacWorld, let us know. Uh, can't promise anything, but uh, would love to have you there if we can uh, if we can get you in. So let me know we, if you're going to be there, and we'll we'll see what we can do. Can you get me an invite? Uh no, no, I I don't <laughs> think so, man. <laughs> John will be there. John'll uh, John'll be out mingling in the crowd, making sure everyone has uh, plenty of drinks.
0: Uh, right, and, and we may we may podcast.
1: Oh, we'll we'll podcast at some from point the show during the show. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Uh, join oh. our join our frapper map. Don't forget about oh, yeah. that. Yeah. I did that. I actually I joined up. You did. You finally joined our own frapper map. What were you like? Yes. Number <laughs> 5000 or something. Finally joined this Something Like map. that. Yeah, that's right. It's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Uh, come play Nation States at nationstates.net with us. We're having fun there it's uh it's getting interesting we've got lots and lots of you you playing and lots and lots of you playing actively so that's, we're becoming uh, a regional power we're very high regional power I believe so it gets interesting that's for darn sure uh-huh. I have no idea what we're doing next week on the show do you John have you figured it out <laughs>
0: <laughs> figured out what <laughs> yeah questions as always I'm um, sure yeah
1: all right well yeah, that's it we've- Cashfly I, hosting, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Podcast Marketplace, 6i Isolator for earphones from Edemotic, the A5 Desktop Speakers from Audio Engine, and TeachMac from teachmac.com. MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. Send in your comments. Thank you so much for staying subscribed. Thank you for listening. Thank you for contributing to what uh, what's become a great thing for, uh, for all of us. No, no,
0: thank you.
1: No, thank you. Wait, thank but them. I thank you.
0: Is but there something you else you want to advi- say, John?
1: Don't get
4: caught.
5: made not.